0: let's pray thank you Lord for your words thank you for the Gospels that we have to better understand what you said and did when you walked on this earth thank you that we have much to learn from these stories even today open our hearts and our minds to hear from you this morning in the reading and teaching of your scripture amen Scripture this morning is from, again, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. 35 to 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to Christ.
1: One of the things they don't teach you in seminary is how many sets of song sheets do you give to how many people when you have 20, and a lot more than 20 humans. For those of you that I didn't know what to do when you asked for a song sheet this morning, I'm sorry. I was trying to do the math. How many of you have to share? And then, of course, our tech team, once again, magically fixed pro presenter. Mark chapter 4, Jesus uh, tells a number of stories. One uh, Steve McLean covered for us last week, um, the parable of the sower. This week, Jesus tells a few more stories before calming a storm. I'm from uh, Oklahoma. How many of you uh, remember the movie Twister? Apparently, they're making Twisters this year. It's exciting. I remember hearing about different cast members, uh, what they did and didn't like about Oklahoma. It's a lot more of the second one than the first one. One thing they say about us from Oklahoma, it's just true, which is you know there's a tornado coming when everyone goes and sits on their porch. Because there are so many tornado warnings, might as well like witness some of the fun atmosphere. There's a lake that we used to go to and um, sit up on the ridge, love to watch the storms come in. And while this is not a metaphor, the first hearers of this story would have immediately received it as a metaphor because their lives were increasingly distressed because they proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. As the Roman Empire was at war with Israel and as the men and women who were listening to this probably were in Rome and it was becoming more and more dangerous to say Jesus is Lord and more and more dangerous to be unwilling to say Caesar's Lord. They very much resonated with the disciples' response. And then they were able to rest in who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. And there are so many kinds of storms and it seems rare that they happen separately, right? Like a physical storm in our lives creates emotional Storm, a spiritual storm, a, a crisis that we have with the Lord overlaps with our emotions and with our brain, right? I really like the movie Up in the Air. In it, George Clooney uh, plays a character who helps medium and large size, large companies fire people, and um, one of his coworkers is trying to design a flowchart for every response that someone will give to this incredibly disorienting storm. Remember, she's typing really loud, and he's like, Are you mad at your computer? And he said he, he he goes to he explains to her, and throughout the movie, this opens up there's never gonna be a flowchart for humans' response to the distressing storms in their life. But we can be there to usher them through this step. One of the more humbling Parts of my role as pastor is getting to often be among the first notified about your storms. How you're responding or your, uh, the people that you love, the storms in their lives. Well, the parables that flow around this would support those first listeners and us similarly. Because when we're in the midst of a storm, we wonder... Is anybody in charge up there? And if so, what kind of power do they wield? You've probably realized before that, that when you doubt, which you, we all do, that's part of, it's actually an important part of faith. It's where our emotions and our mind often dialogue. When we doubt, we're wondering if God is good and if he's in control. Because if he's just good and he's not in control, well, that's going to bother us in one way. If he's in control, but he's not good, it's going to bother us another way. Does he care? I love that the disciples ask that. Very similar to Psalmist's questions, very similar to the questions the sailors ask in the book of Jonah, which this has some style, uh, some style similarities too. I hope it's very similar to your question. You've been in a storm. Jesus, do you care? And if your brain is immediately, like, of course he cares. Good. Still good to interact with him about that. Jesus told stories. The first one that, that he tells um, after explaining the purpose of the parables is about a lamp under a basket, and this is a reminder to Christians of what we are saved into what we are saved for. Why? Those of you that are followers of Christ, why did He rescue you? There are a lot of reasons, but one of them is to bring light into a world that is enveloped in darkness. The world is a beautiful place, but under a cloud of darkness if you're not a follower of jesus do you understand that that's part of the offer is not only to rescue you to bring you into light and out of darkness but also that you might offer light to the world the story that jesus tells in mark chapter 4 verses 21 through 25 is a a different version of um is the parable version of matthew 5 it says you're a city on a hill This is Jesus' version of James, Jesus' brother, who eventually calls him Lord and worships him, who says, faith without works is dead. You, as a Christian, are to bring the light of Christ with you wherever you go. When you forgive instead of retaliate, that's bringing light into a room covered in darkness. When you choose generosity and reject greed, that's bringing light into a room enveloped in darkness. When you learn to use your words truthfully and kindly to avoid manipulation or harm or whatever negative impulse to get your way or to control the situation, that's bringing light into a room that's dark. And Jesus gives a warning The measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. If you're a follower of Christ, you are to participate in the world as a follower of Christ. If you don't, perhaps you don't really know him as Lord Jesus continues to tell stories about a seed growing. He says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the air, then the full grain in the air. And this is an interesting parable because that's not exactly how it works. If you ever tried to grow something, you don't just plant the seed and then do nothing. There's a blackberry bush about 75 yards that way that I really like to trim on Easter. If I don't weed it, if I don't keep the grass out, if I don't trim the blackberries, we won't get as many blackberries. But ultimately, that's a small move compared with creating the world, the soil that will support it, the blackberry bush that you can almost mow to the ground and it'll come back every year. Jesus is again, and he did this in the parable of the sower, and he's doing it again, says this is his work. We participate in it, but it's his work, which is such a relief to us when we're grasped by it. Jesus told stories about light and about the visible and the invisible kingdom. Some days the lack of control that I have over seemingly anything, is just fine with me. Other days, it really bothers me. Somewhat of a barometer, maybe for emotional and spiritual health. Jesus is reminding us with this story that he is sovereign and in charge and good. And when fruit comes, it's because of him and his work. We participate in that But the point of this story is to remind us who is in charge. And that there is good that will come out of it. And it is worth it to continue to act as becomes a follower of Christ. It will seem small to us. And what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. The first hearers, and you and me, can wonder, is it worth it? Is it good? Is it doing good in the world? Because it really doesn't seem like it sometimes to forgive to learn to use our words with kindness, to give a small amount against the wild injustices and oppressions in the world. And this is Jesus encouraging us, very similar to Psalm 1 in Galatians 5, very similar to Paul saying at the end of all of his letters, in light of all this, continue. This is actually what conquering means in the book of Revelation. It means continuing to act like a follower of Christ, knowing that in his hands, our small acts of worship and faith, our gratefulness to him and then our obedience to him does good, it brings light into dark places. Some of it will be visible now and later it will all be visible. Here, Jesus is is not only teaching them directly, he's also helping them understand why people didn't understand his mission, especially evident in this book. They're going to understand it greater after his death and resurrection. But then when he returns, the kingdom will be entirely visible. So you pick up the apocalyptic nature of chapter 4 Jesus is alluding to it he's he's pulling back the cover of the crockpot to see that these things are not visible yet but they're becoming visible and eventually they will be entirely visible one of my favorite books is called the great divorce By C.S. Lewis. It's about a a group of people that take a bus from hell to heaven. And the main character sees a woman who just has a party surrounding her all the time. If I remember correctly, it's a herd of animals and it's noisy and beautiful. And he said, What was her life like? And the uh, guide says, Everyone she came in contact with was welcomed. She was hospitable. Our small acts of neighbor love, what we would esteem as insignificant, wrapped into his plan, brings light into a dark world. And that should encourage you and convict you and comfort you. And then the last story is the one that Jeff read, where there's a storm And Jesus is asleep. And instead of calling out to God, like the sailors do in Jonah, they call out to Jesus because they're beginning to understand that He's God. They're still confused, they're still anxious, they're still distressed, much like you when you go through a storm. You have all this theology, but it doesn't always make you feel better in the moment. You keep talking with yourself keep talking with your heart and your mind about the storm. You keep talking with God about the storm and you remember who he is. They were learning who Jesus is in this moment, how powerful he is. Does he care? Will he intervene? you're going to continue to experience storms. The whole Bible teaches on this. And in the midst of them, we turn and return to the Lord. We turn and return to the community of faith for help and support and friendship. During those storms, your fears are going to leak out. Your doubts are going to come in. Some that you knew you had, some that you didn't. And the people of God will continue to turn and return to him, trusting him that he's good, that he does care, that he can silence a storm with a word, even though many of our storms he will not do that with because his intervention was through the cross and the resurrection. So we receive, by faith, him into our lives, and that calms the most profound storms. Those caused by sin and death that he has defeated and brought us into his kingdom, which will eventually, when all things are visible, do away with. Would you pray with me? Jesus, many in here are dealing with or in the midst of many storms. Of many kinds. Would you comfort them? Would you give them the imagination to hear your voice, comforting and encouraging them as we await your return? Amen.